Now, there are key ingredients for seeing cell groups multiply. One is developing apprentice leaders. Now, remember the rule we said when you start a new group, a new cell group, what do you always start with? We always start with an Azubi lighter. If you start with one, it communicates that group is going to multiply right from the very beginning. If you don't do it at the beginning, it will take a lot longer to get anybody to raise up to that role. The second is the whole notion of, of clustering smaller groups within the cell group. So let's say we have a cell group of, of um, nine people. You would want to have not only all nine people in the big group, but you would want to have significant times in little groups inside the small group. This allows for a couple of things. It allows for a much deeper level of sharing and prayer for one another. There's the possibility for some much deeper level sharing that you would do in a little safe triad as you would do in a bigger group. And also, if you have the empty chair or utilize that process in this group, there's quite a difference when a new person comes into a group like this instead of coming into a group like that. Here, the person might feel a little uncomfortable, and this person over here might not feel the freedom to share quite as much with a new person present. But in this group, these people have been praying for that person. They've been reaching out to them. They've been encouraging them. They will be delighted to have that person come there and answer to prayer. And by having little clusters inside of a cell group, you actually have mini-cells, micro-cells, if you would, that could potentially give birth to new cells. Okay, the, the, uh, the third key ingredient is yeah. building relationships with new people. Remember the purpose of the cell group is to be a disciple-making community. That means becoming better disciples as God interacts with us and we interact with each other and all of that. It also means making more disciples. And so as we're helping the people to build relationships with people that are not yet Christians, that is an important ingredient that precedes the birthing of new groups. And you need ways or structures to help facilitate new group formation. Now, let me try and diagram that. There are basically three ways to uh, get new groups going. Way number one, the cell group leader leaves and goes starts the new group. And the apprentice leader stays and takes over the existing group. Now, the way that really works is the cell group leader begins to intentionally plan absences so they keep missing the meeting now and then. They find some person who's not yet a Christian they need to spend some time with that particular evening the cell happens to be meeting. And there's a series of planned absences that gets a little more frequent in nature so the the, the Azubi leader has a chance to practice with the cell leader not there. What do you suppose the second way to do it? The Azubi goes to start the new group. And this is, a, this is an exciting time because this is the time you've been waiting for. The group has helped to raise up a new cell group leader. And so it's a time for celebration. It's a time for commissioning. It's a time for setting them apart for the new work that God has now called them to. And the cell group leader can also tell the group, we need to pray and ask God to show us which ones of us God might be leading to be a part of this new group. And so it's more of an issue of going to support and encourage this new apprentice that's now starting a new group. It's graduation time. 
Okay, there's a third way to do it, of the fishing pool. Again. It is a group that is designed to attract people, often bigger than a small group, and its, its purpose is to gather the people together and to help them build relationships. Now, many churches that have cell groups publish a list of the different cell groups that are available. And they have the name of the group and maybe a description of the group and the leader's name. And either where it meets or a telephone number that you can call to find out where it meets. How many of you have such a list in your church? Okay. It's, that's good. That's a good thing to do because it helps to, schlecht, so etwas zu tun. because it helps to communicate to new people that uh, there's stuff that's going on here. There's lots of different opportunities for involvement. Very few people, though, actually get into groups because of that. By the way, I saw a, a, an interesting thing at one church where instead of having the list, they had a rack in their church building that had each of the small groups with like a little slip of paper describing it, and so the people could take the one they wanted off of the, like a brochure almost, which Und is a single sheet of paper. So But here's why most people don't get into a group just off the published list. How many of you would feel comfortable going into somebody's home, for instance, Wem where you don't know anybody, and you don't know anybody in the group, you don't know where they are, there's very few people that would feel comfortable doing that. Now, the extreme introvert, extroverts of the world, the extreme extroverts of the world would have no problem. But the extreme extroverts in the world wouldn't even need to list to find out where the groups are. They could just find out by themselves. What makes a person feel safe enough to come into a small group? It's when you know two or three or four people in the group. Therefore, the secret to get people into groups is to help them to build relationships so there's enough of a trust level that develops so that they can, in fact, get into a group. That's what a fishing pool is all about. Okay? Let me describe the one that we used in our church. Neulinge. And it met for uh, two hours for eight weeks. We've already I've already described to you some of the components of that newcomer's class. Here's how it was structured. We had an hour in the large group for a lecture and presentations, and then we had an hour in small groups. In, in the first four weeks, we would have them get into little groups of fours, and we would ask them to mix the groups. Each week, we'd ask them to try to get with some people they, they weren't with the previous week. And we would use some very simple, uh, relational, uh, Bible study type things that help people to get, make friendships and begin to deal with some spiritual stuff, but at not too, not too deep level. At the, at the halfway point, we would say, get into little groups of fours, but find a group of people that you want to stay with for the next four weeks because you want to do something that's going to have some continuity from week to week. Now, what happens here in the process is they begin to build some solid relationships with each other, and they then begin to develop some depth in the relationship. And, by the way, they tend to cluster together with those that seem to have, you know, attraction or affinity or, or connection somehow. And as the newcomer class comes to the end, invariably you hear people saying things like, I'm sorry the class is coming to an end. We're just starting to get to know each other in our little group. I wish we could keep meeting together. <laughs> Guess what? You can! What you have here is the seeds of a new group. 
Now there are two kinds of people you'd want to put into this mix to help facilitate new groups to start. Who do you suppose you would put into this newcomers class to help facilitate the relationship building process? Okay? Azubi leaders, lighters, and silver leaders, depending on who's needing to recruit the people for the new group. And out of this then could form the seeds of several groups. Und with three or four people that would form the core of a new group to start. The secret to a good fishing pool is to do something that attracts people to come. And it needs to be something that meets some sort of a need in the people's life that makes them want to come. The second thing is that it needs to be structured in a way that allows people to build relationships in a non-threatening environment so that they can find who they want to spend some more time with and give them enough repeated contact with each other so that they begin to build some depth of relationships so there's bonding that occurs. And that, when you put in apprentice leaders and leaders into the system, forms the seeds of new groups. Now, in the church I'm now a part of, at New Song Church, one of the best fishing pools that they have is a singles retreat. What do singles want to do? Meet other singles. Advertise a singles retreat, and you can have lots and lots and lots of people that will come. And you structure the, the time so there's a constant blending, a constant pulsing between the large group and the small group stuff that you're doing. The first half, you're getting them into little groups constantly, in, in little different orders. Then you have them get into some little groups that stay the same, and they begin to experience the benefits of cell life, and thus they're ready and more open to then get into a, a new cell. This is a very, very important concept. Somebody asked if I was implying when I talked about the field full of mice and how hard it is to get foot rid of a field full of mice, if I was uh, implying that there are, is coming a time of persecution, and that's one of the reasons for that. And I'm not predicting that necessarily. I am, I am uncertain as to what the end times look like. In English, I would say I am pan-tribulationist. Uh -uh. It's going to all pan out in the end. In other words, I don't know. But this structure of cell groups does work very well in times of persecution. And I would prefer not to have times of persecution. <laughs>